Welcome to Female Inner Power, the podcast for women who don't want to choose between work success and life happiness. I'm your host, Nomi Melkyonatan, leadership coach and courage catalyst. Each week, I will share a refreshingly honest conversation about how to trust your intuition, lead from female power in male-dominated spaces, and inspire you to be a more confident force for good in the world. Are you ready? Welcome, welcome to another episode of Female Inner Power. Today's conversation is with Sarah Diaz. Sarah is the VP Women's Category and Private Label at Zalando, Europe's biggest online-only fashion retailer. She's also worked for Nike and Sarah and several other places. And she's originally from Spain, now living in Berlin with her three daughters and her husband. I love this conversation with Sarah. She is so incredibly real. She was very clear that this is not her favorite thing to do. She did not show up to be on the podcast for herself, but she shows up because she says, how can I say no to talk about anything that helps women succeed and talks about women leadership? And one of the things I was really keen to talk about was busting the myth that you cannot be nice and be successful, that you cannot be kind and build close relationships with your team and then make tough decisions. Sarah speaks so beautifully to this. She is known for her approachable, empathetic leadership style. She is adamant that the value of emotional intelligence is everything and the trust that she builds with her teams make the tough decisions actually easier to execute and make. So really want you to listen to that if you've ever been told or thought about, oh, am I being too nice? Are my relationships with my team too close? Listen to this conversation. I also love the conversation around how to build female networks within organizations This is such a key piece. How do you actually do this successfully? And Sarah talks about how it's working in her current organization and what she's learned about making these networks really successful, that it's not just one woman leading it all. Also, some of the topics that the women in the organizational networks are really interested in covering. So listen to that piece. I think it's very important for us to think about how do we build successful networks of women? How do we support each other? And what are the things that make them work? And then finally, she talks about reaching out and getting onto, you know, board advisory positions. There's so much good in this conversation. Sarah has an absolutely natural a style where she just tells it like it is. I hope you will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So let's take a breath. And dive in. Sarah, welcome to the Female Inner Power podcast. I know you don't like the spotlight. <laughs> and I also know that you said, wait, nothing changes unless we say yes to this. So uh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Nami. It's, it's actually, I'm looking forward to this as a, as a new fun experience. As you said, I'm, I'm taking this as an opportunity to support other, other females, other women around not necessarily volunteering for these, but I couldn't reject your offer. So thank you for inviting me. 
Well, you are recommended as someone both who is obviously, you know, if you look at your LinkedIn profile and CV, super successful, but also someone who has a different way of going about your leadership. And so I'm, I'm excited to dive in with you. Before we do that, just wondering if you could just tell us, you know, what does life and work look like right now today? All right. So Friday, um, a little bit of sun uh, in Berlin which I'm very thankful uh, for. I'm from Spain originally. And so every time that I see a little bit of sun, my, my mood changes automatically. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy Friday sun. Um, and, and how does life look like today? A little bit messy like it normally is. Um, I'm a mother of three girls. Um, yesterday was my husband's birthday. I organized a surprise party today. Still at this point, I haven't figured out tons of things. Um, yesterday, I also realized that when we were lighting the candles, I forgot to buy the appropriate number. So we were just celebrating a different age, which everyone found like really cool. Um, so that's life. It's a little bit of like focusing on work. Right now, not many people in the office, but for me, it's really helpful to focus on, on, on my things and a little bit of messy but fun activities program for today and for the weekend with the family and friends. Nice. So when I say female inner power, what is the first thing you think? When I think about female inner power, the first thing that I picture is uh, powerful women. And, and um, powerful me, women for me can be uh, figures from Michelle Obama, but also my grandmother. Uh, and so people um, that I have in mind that I feel that they have found their inner strength to be confident, um, to work with limiting beliefs in a way, to make a difference. So that's that's what I picture. Beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, the, the thing about power is so interesting because as women, we have often been told, hey, don't be too nice because then you won't be taken serious and you can't be successful and be kind and nice and you need to toughen up and you need to be more serious and people won't respect you. And I know that you pride yourself on being empathetic and being approachable and being genuine. Can you say how you've balanced out this unhelpful advice about don't be too nice and you won't have any power I think um, I've been in that situation. So when you're asking me this question, like and and reflecting on on my career, I've been in this situation where being nice was almost shown as a weakness. Um, and the way that I like to to manage my teams, if you can say it like that, the way that I like to work with my teams is is in a very empathetic way. And by that, I mean that. As a leader, I don't think it's enough to be intelligent. I think this whole piece around emotional intelligence, it's equally impactful or more even. And so I think that connecting with your team, truly extending the time to get to know them, to understand what motivates them, to understand like what are the things that make them tick, it's fundamental in order to accomplish anything. And so... I do feel that spending that amount of time for coaching, motivating, engaging, inspiring, it truly pays off. And it, it truly it becomes like the most successful teams are the ones that can work 
united and together towards the goal. And part of what makes them united is because they have spent a great amount of time creating trust between them. And trust can only be accomplished if you get to know each other. So for me, um, it, it is all about teamwork. Is it all, It's all about like getting to know them and understand them and make sure that you help them succeed ultimately. That's your main role as a, as a leader, like help them out to get um, to unlock their potential ultimately. So I do spend a great amount of time listening and connecting, but I also learn tones from that. So so I it's 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 something that I that I enjoy doing, that at the same time I think that in my case and in many other cases, has reflected to be a very successful way of, of driving business to, to have these united teams that can accomplish things together. So what's so interesting is in your answer, you just talked about other people. Like I asked you about you and, and being nice, and all you said was like, well, it's about people being united and them getting to know each other and them building trust, and there was nothing about you in there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Now it's a it's a good self reflection. Uh, right now, I think maybe part of that is because the way that I take my role is like I measure success by measuring how successful my team can be. Um, so I do take a great amount of responsibility of measuring success as a as a as a team thing, not as a personal thing. Um, and and I have to say that that this whole empathetic way of living is also part of how I understand life, and 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 so it comes in a very natural way. And I think that that is also important because it comes across genuine. So it's it's not force. It's 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 the way that I understand um, how people need to behave in their lives, basically. I mean, people that are listening cannot see how you put your hat, you you put your hands up, but you were like sort of holding or creating a <laughs> with your hands, like kind of like, you know, taking your arms around them. So I, I really feel that. I mean, it comes across as, as true all the way through. And and I'm just sitting here wondering, well, you must have met so many other people and both men and women that had a, a posing style that were much more like, well, you know, you got to be tough and you got to get respect and whatever. I mean, what have you said to them and how have you gained their respect? Or did you just avoid them or, you know, how did you navigate that? Do you have some examples of, of leaders you have met? You don't have to name them, but maybe you can tell us some stories. There are very different types of leadership styles. And, and, and to be honest, for a while we've been really just to hierarchical ways, like top down, these type of things, what I understood is like that never resonated with me. But I was also lucky enough to be exposed to other type of leadership styles from very successful people. Um, so in one hand, I got the confidence of saying like, that's not the only way of doing things. And maybe I can tell you a little bit more about my experience. So a great amount of my career time did happen in a company called Inditex. People might be more familiar with Zara, this um, fashion um, brand. Um, they have multiple other brands. The the actual founder and 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 main shareholder is Amancio Ortega, and um, he had 
basically created an, an, an empire. Um, and for a while, he was the richest man in the world, like in Forbes. And I can tell you that I've never met a person that was more grounded and humble um, in my career. Like this is somebody that not only didn't have an office, he was just sitting with everybody every day, but he was genuinely interested to understand what you were thinking about different things, about the business, about the collection, should we do this, should we do that? And that created a type of atmosphere and success that also gave me the confidence when I was looking at other types of leading to say, no, that is your way. It doesn't need to be a successful way because I've met proof. I met other people and I have proof points. But I think those proof points were like really encouraging. When you don't have that, and this is what I see in the organizations, when you have been only exposed to certain type of leadership style, most likely you will continue to develop the same leadership style because that's the only thing you are exposed to. That's why bringing diversity in general, including that is so important because that will bring people other options to understand like there is no only one way of doing things that might be effective. I have to tell you also that being nice, if we wanna call it like this, doesn't mean not being able to make tough decisions. And that is super important. Like making calls, making tough decisions is part of my role. But if you've built before a trust environment, when you need to deliver and implement a tough decision, you get also much more understanding and empathy from the team because of that trust you built before. And so um, I think that we shouldn't confuse being nice to not being able to make tough calls. So important. And and I love how you're saying that bit of the importance of having role models, which I guess is why you said, yes, so it's like you said, this is not for you, but this is the bit of role modeling and showing a different way. And you were lucky that you had a man and at the time, the richest man in the world showing you that, wait, he was interested and he took time. I mean, I think this is one of the objections I hear most often if I think about people don't naturally have the leadership style that you have they'll go like yeah of course I want to be listening and of course I want to be interested in people but I just don't have the time mm -hmm. what would you say to that because they're like well it just takes too much time and then people tell me all their stories and I want to hear but like there's so much to do at the end at the end is like what is not normally understood is like that's the base of everything you want to build on if you don't have an appropriate base with your team which is again that that building trust, that environment where everyone feels safe, you just cannot operate. And so it's about really um, recalibrating like your priorities, making sure that, again, it's not about chit-chatting. It's really about investing quality time that will help you out to succeed. It's really, it's the base for success. Mm. So when you have to make those tough decisions, like you said, it's easier because you've built trust. But what helps you? I mean, maybe you have an example of a of a you know a tough decision you had to make and and how you you managed to make it. Do you make it quickly? Do you, how do you do it? Do you have an example you can share with us? 
I do have plenty. I mean, I, I would say like we are in the in the middle of 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 one at the moment. I think that the the environment that we are living in and, and our industry is living in, but many other industries, is extremely unstable. Um, we have seen how businesses have experienced in the last three years. Uh, it's been a roller coaster of of, of situations and in. At this particular moment, and, and I've been in this situation before, we will need to make tough decisions regarding um, like the amount of resources that we need to manage the business from our side. That will have implications in layoffs. And I think that even though these are news that nobody likes to deliver, and I have to say that we are currently in the middle of the whole situation, I think that if you have a team where you have invested time on, that you have built trust, this can be an exercise that is done where everyone feels accountable for what needs to get done. And so there is, again, a common share of accountability and support that you need to go through, even through these extremely tough decisions that need to be made. Which then brings me to another myth that people often talk about. Um, and I hear women say this to me, like, well, I think I maybe I'm now too close to my direct reports and it's going to be hard to tell them they're not performing or that they no longer have a job. And maybe those people that said that I shouldn't be too friendly were right because now I'm finding it harder. I'd love to hear your take on on that myth. I think... I think it's important to distinguish between the type of relationship that you might have for some things and, and for others. And I still, I do appreciate even more the feedback that is coming from somebody close to me that genuinely cares about me. Um, but I also would say that having a close relationship doesn't exempt you from not being also a manager that needs to talk about difficult stuff and so I do try to provide um, feedback in a constructive manner but I wouldn't hide for not providing tough feedback or, or not talking about challenging situation just because uh, we've I might fear that the relationship might be like you know like like affected or something I think it's 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 even more important and i think because you have built probably that relationship what is happening is like the other person knows that there is a lot of honesty in what you are delivering and there is a lot of goodwill in what you're saying so i think we need to kind of also distinguish this again what you're saying is almost this association that is always done with being nice or friendly is is being weak yeah and and no it, it shouldn't be I love that and I think this is the bit that we need to you know such an unhelpful myth it's like if you're nice and if you're kind to people and if you really listen then you can't make the tough calls and you can't do that and you're like saying well no that's that's not the truth I'm curious was there a moment in your career or maybe there were several you can tell us about where you kind of going wait like I can do this leadership thing did you always know growing up like hey I'm a born leader I can lean big teams and handle PL of you know large organization I can be a great online I mean online retail wasn't really a thing so 
I mean, did, at what point did you go like, oh, I can do this leadership thing? I think I, I've never thought like that. I can do this leadership thing in a way, but I'm a person that that is, I'm very curious and I'm very passionate and I get excited about things. And I love doing these things with groups of people. Um, and so I get excited about looking at an opportunity and, and driving difference and making change and a new project and let's do this. And so these are the things that end up being contagious for other people. If you have that passion when you're not looking for the self-reward, but you are like finding the joy about working on something with other people. I think in a way, that's what ended up positioning me in, 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 in this situation of of been leading um of been leading people for the last many years. I'm getting old. <laughs> well, you've been at some really um famous brands and, and big organization, and Nike and Sarah just to mention too, and now Zalando. And so um I know one of the things that also you've been doing there is, I mean, you keep talking about the groups of people, right? And this is what you care about. And you've been sponsoring and leading groups of, of women. Can you say more about both why you've done it, but also what makes a successful uh, women group, women network within an organization? So it's not just a, a tick box exercise. I think sometimes people can be very disillusioned. Oh, we have one, but it's like, it's not really helpful. Like, you know, why do you do it? And, and what makes, what is the difference in, in one that's successful and one that isn't? Yeah, I mean, I did have the chance to, yes, participate in sponsoring some of these. I'm actually one of the the sponsors or the sponsor for the, the Women's Network Axelando. Actually, at Nike, I was also actively participating in our Women's Network. I think, again, and maybe this is going back to the beginning of this conversation, we cannot sit out there and claim that there has to be a better way of of doing things, that we need more diversity, that women need to have a chance to um, grow in the organizations, to lead and not to do anything about it. And so it, it, it is part of our responsibility. And I, same as I did appreciate to have role models out there during my career that were like involved in, in, in some of these more networking exercises, like I, I have to do it also. And so what makes this successful is truly when it's actionable, when, when, when you identify, when you take it seriously, like when you identify the clear topics that, that, that matter to the group, and when then you put the same amount of effort on driving this than what you do in your regular business. I think that one of the things that we have experienced, and sometimes like you get a lot of people that become volunteers but sometimes things fall because the governance is not great because you are so dependent on on on, on different many people that are trying to help but um, they don't know how and ultimately nobody is taking the lead what i have experienced at salando is that there was like a great core group um that created initiatives that really took this women network same as you will deliver any other project. We have clear strategic pillars. 
we have distributed everyone that was joining into different um, into the different pillars based on the skill set of their own interest. And we do action this as you will be actioning other projects. And I think that taking this that serious and making it more than let's have a nice chat and debate, which we always enjoy, and truly see the benefit of doing this with actionable points is what really makes the difference. So because like you need to other. see. Yeah, you don't you, you're not wasting your time. You're going somewhere where you're gonna like either participate, get an outcome. You're also going to be able to express together with the rest, what are you looking for by joining this group? And we make a selection of topics and but but we treat it very seriously as it should be. And one of the biggest benefits has been also that through that network, you're able to make tons of connections and, and, and put people in touch and put people in touch in a way that even for the daily work, it's been really helpful. So from mentorship programs, but also from things like, hey, I'm working on this and I just remember that I have these other um, women in the network that was doing something similar. Let me reach out to her. And that was very, very helpful that 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 connection that otherwise doesn't come in a natural way um is there beautiful so i just want to go back to the very bit first bit you said about there's a core group of women and and it's treated i mean it sounds like it's treated like a commercial project how many i mean cylinder <laughs> is a very big organization how many people when you said there's a core group are we talking three five ten how many are the core so in the core we have like around 17 members 17? total seven, seven seven but that's the core but like we have a total of 1600 uh, women in our network wow and anytime you're a woman that shows up in Zalando you get invited to this or is there a selection not automatically no there is no selection for sure um, <laughs> but uh no uh but not automatically, but I have to say that same as that a few years ago, we was almost kind of doing more promotion. Now, now women that join, they are asking, do we have a group? And that I love. Um, even within our group, that is also um, a tech women group, that is also a finance women, and that is the general women network. Sometimes we get together to organize bigger things like for International Women's Day. And I give them all the credit of the world um, because I'm always amazed about how they find the time to seriously dedicate the efforts to make a difference. And they do make a difference. It sounds like it's energy giving for everyone that's in there. I mean, as well as it's benefiting their career and confidence, it also sounds like the way it's working, it gives everyone energy rather than yes. taking it. Yes, yes, yes. Even even if, if, if this is all additional time that you are putting on top of your day, that is a lot of um, great energy to get back. That makes it worth it for sure. 
That's beautiful. I know you said that getting the topics right really matters. And so I'm curious whether you're able to share like what topics like the last couple of years. And I mean, there's been many different things where the world has changed with with the pandemic, et cetera. But what are the topics that that the women in your organization have been interested in the last few years? One of them is related to career development and progression. And for that, these mentorship programs that we have are particularly important. Um, still, there is, there is a gap and uh, there, there are things like the imposter syndrome that, and that, that, that we need to be aware of. And, and I think that um, that is definitely one of the, the key strategic areas that we are investing time on. There are other topics like um, financial knowledge, like it is still the case, and I'm not saying this is the case for everybody, but it's still the case that women have less financial understanding. And by financial, I mean also how to, I mean, not only how you you run your own kind of budgets, but even how do you invest? Do you do we know like what opportunities are, are there? Like that can make us even like to a certain extent that operate with a higher independency. And so there has been also some like great sessions about this. So these are kind of like two main main recurrent topics, and and then we have multiple um other other things like yeah. A lot about elephant in the room, but uh, a lot around creating self-confidence. So I am remarkable program is something that we've been rolling out in the company. If you're not familiar with, I mean, I'm sure Numi, you know about it, but Google started it and it was more about creating for not only for, for women, but underrepresented groups in general, that kind of self-confidence. So there are a lot of of different activities, but if you ask me about two topics like like financial understanding and career development, are uh, two recurrent ones. Great. I saw on your LinkedIn profile it also says that you're a board advisor, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of those bits that gives a lot of authority and cloud. If you sort of if you get in with a board, can you tell us? I, I don't actually know which boards you advise to or how that. How, how did you even get your first? Because it strikes me always that the first, just like the first leadership position, is the hardest. The first, um, the first board position or board advisor role is is the hardest. But I'm curious how you got to your first. Yes, so it's it's a lot about the network that you're exposed, but it's true that even when I started to think about these advisory board positions or non-executive director roles, um, it's like, how do you even get there? Who is in there? Who do I contact for that? How you start, like, you know, is is that thing that sounds great, but it's like, how do you even start? And it's been actually about connecting with other people and funny enough, connecting in a very open way. Like, I'm interested in this. I know you are part of how do you do this thing? Not really minded to look even naive about it because nobody knows. And, and to a certain extent, I would say that now, 
it feels that it's changing a little bit and open it up more, but it used to be super, super restrictive and very closed. And even the profiles were very similar. I think that the new scene with so many startups, new companies did also require other different type of capabilities that open up for other people to start joining this earlier. So if you ask me about the first one, and it hasn't been that long ago, I started a couple of years ago. It was a, a company, a public company in Portugal that was going into a whole it's, it's fashion. It was going through digital transformation. And they needed to have like somebody that understood more about that. But the reason why I got there is because of the connections. Like at the end, the, the, the other board members were people that had worked with me in the past. And, and at the end they were like, oh no, but I, I know, I know Sarah, she will be great to advise on, on this and on sustainability, which is what I'm advising of this whole trans, not only digital transformation, but transformation on sustainability. And then there are a couple of startups where I'm also supporting or connected with sustainability, where it's like my, my passion, like how we transform this industry into a better one. Um, and that was also kind of through through the network. But what you realize is like once you enter in one, it becomes much easier. And again, the imposter syndrome keep, kick off like, what is this thing? It sounds really fancy to be a board member. Am I going to be able to do this? And then you're there and it's like, oh, look around who's here. I have more experience. I've done this too. I'm sure I can do it. So it's it's always a good reminder of getting that self-confidence. Yeah, it's like taking it off the pedestal. It's as soon as we make it something fancy and important, like board, it's like, ooh, but it's just another meeting, another conversation. It's another meeting, it's another conversation, yes. Yeah, nice. Um, I'm sure you've had many ups and downs, most people have in their career. What's What's been one of the hardest uh, times or hardest things you've had to to navigate through in your career? I think I think there is one thing which is unconscious bias, which which I will call reckon to be one of the most painful things that I experienced. Like I think as as women you're constantly judged for many things by society in general. Like, like if you have three kids and you're spending um, time and, and, and you have also a career, you might not be the mother that is you're expected to be. Um, but as we were talking before, if you are like, uh, if you're a, a leader in an organization and you're nice, you're probably too nice. <laughs> yeah. But if you're not nice, you're a bitch. And that's how it works. And so that's constant judgment is not helpful. But what I would say is like, what is really not helpful is when people make assumptions. And so when you are exposed to things, when you're like raising your hand and saying, listen, I think I'm really ready for the next thing. And I would love to get a new challenge. And people are not able to convey this message. And in their minds is like, oh, let me think about what she can do next. Probably she needs something 
that has less pressure because then she can have more time with her kids and the husband. And that has been told to me like this, literally. Uh, what did you say when they said that? Because I, I know other clients, you know, I know many women. I, I got very mad. And I, I knew it was coming from, it was coming from like like a goodwill, don't get me wrong. But it was kind of like the, the big realization of how unconscious bias can really be in the middle of, of, of your career and development so many times. Because I was told, like, you know, that we can offer you this job. It's still very well paid, and that will give you more time to spend with your family. Of course, I want to spend time with my family, but that's not the conversation that we should we are having. I've been saying, I would love to keep progressing. And you're coming with this. So what is it? What can I do to convey my message in a way that is more impactful? But what is the work that needs to get done still in the companies to prevent this thinking? Uh, and, 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 and so it, this is tough because that drove into situations that I did consider unfair. Mm. And as soon as it's touching on, on values and these things, this is what really triggers me, like, like really makes me mad. Did you manage to turn someone around that said, oh, well, you probably want to spend time with your kids and then still get a big role? Or did you feel like you had to leave or wait longer then? Or, or did you did you manage to say something where they go, oh, actually, she is, we can totally give her a bigger role? And th- those situations were never resolved that simple. No. That's what I can tell you. There was a lot of like, hey, I don't know where this interpretation is coming from. So it was also not that drastic that a need of leaving, but I wouldn't say they were like easy. So it did require a lot of additional work, but like if you are exposed to a manager that has that thinking, that is a lot of work that 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 needs to get done in order to change that, yeah, that that bias, right? Which is yeah unconscious but it's there and it's limiting it absolutely absolutely is and I wanted to check in with you also I think often when people think a more senior role a bigger role they think working more hours my experience of coaching women and men at all levels is it's not always more hours it's not necessarily at all about more hours it's different decisions and sometimes there's more zeros but it's not more could you say a little bit about that because I think that's also another unhelpful myth that that a role that has bigger responsibility means more hours I totally agree with you and it's about what working is matter and 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 that is a myth that is also sitting in a lot of women's heads, and that's not helpful because many of them decide not to go after the next opportunity because of the misconceived um, like thinking that that will imply more hours. I think it implies harder decisions to make. It implies better organization. It implies multiple things, but not necessarily more hours. Mm-hmm. Actually, more hours are not a translation of being a more effective leader. And I think that working is matter, not harder. It's 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 key. 
I'm not saying that I got it right, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the humility you lead with. I mean, I hear that through and through in everything that you're saying. So I'm curious if you were to give advice to either your younger self or or someone else who's like, okay, got it. It's not about working more hours. It's about working smarter. It's something I need to cultivate. I mean, it sounds like the way you're talking about it, which I totally align with, is something I need to cultivate inside. If the decisions are tougher, what is it that I need to practice then? to then be able to say yes to a bigger role? If it's not about the more hours, what is it that, that I could work on right now? Mm -hmm. I think it's super important uh, things like prioritization. Like to, to really make it, like to, to truly understand what is urgent, what is not urgent, what's the impact of what you're about to do. And I think that that ability to select the things that are more important to take care of, it's key. It's not about being busy with multiple things. It's about understanding what are the things where you need to be there or other things that you truly can delegate. It's about understanding, like, like the again, the urgency and the impact. So if you have, like, a good sense of how to prioritize and you practice that, that will definitely be super helpful for the future. I like that, that clarity with which you can then choose and knowing this is what matters most, this is what needs my attention. At the, at the end, you're going to be pulling in, in so many topics that you truly need to pick the ones where we are truly needed or where the team can take it on or where that are more impactful for the business or where your expertise is truly needed. All that is stuff is fundamental. Yeah. you're one you're one like that's it right so so how do you say no yeah like, and, and Sarah, let, what Sarah knows how do they not sound <laughs> that's 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 something that I'm working on to an extent that I count as an exercise the times that I do say no to encourage myself to do so because it's true like in a way if you have if you're an empathetic person and approachable and you are having that genuine interest to understand and learn new things, yeah, this is also kind of in the middle of, of, of being able to be more restrictive in terms of like prioritizing, etc. So saying no is a fundamental skill for leadership positions. Do you celebrate now? Then you said you're counting your nose. Do you also celebrate? Yes, I said a no. Yes, and there was a no. <laughs> In a way, yes. Like, okay, another no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably I need to do more of this. I just like see celebration, <laughs> celebration session of women going, I said no. Yes, you said. Yes. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> beautiful um, I always say the advice is not the same for everyone you know sometimes if I'm coaching a big group and then I say something to one person it's like well to other people it tends to be less the case with women but some women are very no people and so you know it's like it's not everyone that needs to say no learn to yeah. say no some need some need to practice saying yes but yeah I agree um 
we're coming towards the end of our conversation. Um, I have a, a couple more questions just to finish us off. If anyone wants to connect with you or find out more about you, is there any way that they can do that? I think the best way will be through LinkedIn. Um, so I think they can search for me and we will be happy link. to connect. Yes, yes. Beautiful. We'll put your we'll put your link in bio uh, link in the in the show notes. Um, when we spoke originally, you said the thing about us women, we can be so shy about, oh, am I ready for the next step? Oh, am I good enough? I mean, it sounded like curiosity has been the thing that has been leading you forward. Do you have any mm -hmm. other advice to any woman who's sitting going like, like I think I'm holding myself back but like I don't quite know how to overcome that I think um I think even starting by having that awareness that what you're feeling is what most of us are feeling it, it, it's good because you, you're not alone and how to overcome that um it's 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 about really practicing a lot of like um self-confidence um exercises and um you need to be comfortable with that and by that I will advise like make sure that you're always yourself that you can be in a place where you can be yourself you don't need to copy paste what others are doing um, and that's something that I've learned through my career like I'm not an English native speaker um I might not be equally eloquent and in a language that is not my my own language. I might not have the same leadership style that others have. And but when you try to copy paste others, that is not perceived as authentic and genuine. And so you cannot have the same effect. So be yourself, because in that authenticity, you will find yourself comfortable, you will get your self-confidence, and you will succeed. Other advice would be surround yourself by uh, mentors and great people. Look at other people that are out there that you feel inspired with and do spend some time with them because they for sure will make the time. Sometimes we are too shy to ask. I'm I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that every time that I have reached out to other female where I did have some connection, but not necessarily a, a, like where I have spent a great amount of time, but some connection. And they are like now, like, you know, incredible leaders out there. They've always have made the time for me. And that that gave me, again, that support, that self-confidence. And, and, and be honest, like I'm finding myself in this situation. I'm looking for a new challenge. I don't know if this is too big for me or not. How will you approach this? And it's been really helpful. But then be in a place, like maybe my last advice, be in a place where you can have fun. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. It's super important. Love it. Be you. Have fun. Enjoy it and surround yourself and reach out to other other people that you can look up to, other women that can role model and that have had some experiences you can learn from. Mm -hmm. Is that the same advice you'd give to your three daughters? <laughs> they are like I don't know my my advice is for the little ones and now you need to make your bed we don't go that deep yet <laughs> but um no but yes I mean they they joke with me and I mean they 
they go even to a club at a school that is called Power Girls. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I just love it. No, but I but I see how proud they are when they see, you know, like that that I'm also um leading some projects and from time to time they maybe I was in the newspaper or in a magazine or something. And they were really, really kind of proud to see that. Of course, you can get to do whatever you want. And I do insist a lot on like them following their passions and and don't think that they are not enough or they cannot. Um, so I keep encouraging them. And yes, these advices, I think they have fun. I think they have a lot of fun. I don't know if I need to encourage them more, but I will in the future for sure. <laughs> sounds wonderful Sarah thank you so much for making time for us today thank you so much for having this conversation thank you so much it was it was fun talking to you thank you Nomi thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes and I would love it if you would rate and review the show as it really does help other women to find it more easily Remember, no matter what's going on around you, it only takes a single breath to start grounding back into your power. So let's take a breath. Feel your power. And go spread the magic.